Man, we, uh, we have a living hope, amen? And uh, just to think about this, that uh, He is the one who set us free from our freedom. I mean, set us free from our fears. Think about that. He set us free from our fears. Last week, we had an incredible Sunday where we saw 15 people go through the waters of baptism. Only four of those were planned. Only four of those were planned. So some people had the courage to get up and walk out, you know, and, and go public with their faith. And uh, how exciting is that to see someone take that step? And let me just say this to you guys as a church. I just want to commend you for supporting them, encouraging them. It, it sounded like a party going on in here last week, man. And so people getting up, following Christ in believers' baptism, that's, the part, that's, the, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do, is to cheer that on and to affirm and encourage and, and do everything we can to motivate people to follow Christ. So that was awesome on y'all's part. And I just want to say thank you to you guys for doing that. And then we had the opportunity to come back on Sunday night and be a blessing to our community. Over 2,000 people showed up here, and we had an opportunity just to bless them with food, with drink, and just with fellowship. And so I want to say just a huge thank you to all of you guys, because if you did not give, if you did not serve, it would not happen. So thank you, Journey Church, for all that you do, and I appreciate you guys being willing to invest in our community. So if you've got your outline, second them out, kind of follow along. And, uh, and again, man, just thank God that we have a, a God who has set us free he has given us freedom. We don't have to live in fear of anything but Him. It's the only thing we are commanded to fear is God Himself. And so we're going to look at today at the fear of commitment. And uh, the fear of commitment is something that can kind of hold us hostage. It can kind of keep us from stepping up and stepping in whenever we should. And too often it's because of other fears that we battle. And here are a couple of fears that we deal with. Our fear of commitment involves many fears. One is that we're afraid of what it might cost us. We're afraid of what it might cost us. We, we don't want to commit to anything. We live in an age and a culture where everything seems to be, you know, about, hey, listen, noncommittal mentality. You know, we have prenuptial agreements. You know, and, and most of us, even in this room, many of you guys who are in this room would say, hey, listen, is there a contract involved? If there's no contract, I'm interested. You know, back whenever cell phones, you had to have a contract. Well, now, if, hey, if there's no contract, hey, they, they don't have a contract. I want to break my contract. I want to go with this one. You know, and so that's kind of our mentality. We don't want anything that's really committed. It's not going to ask a whole lot. I mean, we don't, want to, we don't want to commit to anything, right? I mean, that's kind of the mentality of this day and age. But yet, whenever we look into Scripture, we see over and over and over again that it's about commitment. You know, there was a time and a day whenever your word meant something. If you gave someone your word, I mean, that was, that was valued. And it was as good as, as a signature. You know, and then it was a handshake. You know, a handshake was a big deal, too. Man, a handshake... If you shook on it, that was a deal. That was a contract, binding contract. And now we sign our names and it still doesn't mean a thing. And so what is, what is the situation with commitment? Is, does God want us to commit to things? Does God want us to be committed? Does He want us to be faithful? Does He want us to be truthful? Does He want us to be honest? Absolutely. Now, do we need to take the time on the front end to hey, weigh out anything? Yeah, Jesus talks about that. He says it's foolish for someone to say, hey, I'm going to commit to go build this building, but don't take into account what it's going to take to do that. He said, because then you become a, a laughing stock. And so it's important for us to weigh things out and, and to think through the details on the front end. Sweat the details. But once you commit, you know, honor your word. And so here's the thing, we're afraid of what it might cost us. You know, there's times that we, we you know, we're, maybe you're in a dating relationship. I, I, I said that this morning to someone. I said, hey, listen, you know, you might want to, if you're a lady and you've got a guy and you know, he's noncommittal, get him to here today. We'll talk about it. And so here's the thing is too often what we're thinking is, you know, I don't want to commit to this one because there may be a better option to come along. And a lot of times that's our mentality towards all of it. We don't want to commit to anything because what if there's a better option? You know, I don't want to sign the line because, you know what, something else may come along. 
And too often, even in relationships, we're, we keep thinking, well, I'll just be a dater, I'll be a player, I'll be whatever, you know, and I'll just wait for the right one to come along. And too often, sometimes, the very best you're going to ever have is right in front of you. You may not get any better. Sometimes God just has to kind of pull the curtain back and say, hey, this is the best. This is the best. And too often we're just noncommittal because we want to wait for something better. We, we're afraid of what it might cost us. You know, even with the, the Christian life, you know, some people, man, they weigh it out. And I can remember, man, at the age of 19 weighing it out like, man, do I want to give my life to Christ? I mean, what's it going to cost me? You know, I began to think through, I mean, what am I not going to be able to do anymore? And for many of you, you, you battle the same thing. You think, well, if, I, if I commit to Christ, you know, what's that going to mean? I mean, what's, what do I have to give up? You know, to have to give up these friends, this activity, this mentality, this thing that I like to do that I know is not probably Christian. You know, and so we begin to weigh that out and we start looking at what we're going to have to give up. Let me tell you, it's not about what you give up, it's what you get. It's what you get. You receive eternal life. You think about, I was thinking this morning about the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, just think about some of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. I mean, those are the things that we would want in our life. We want love. There's not a person in this room that doesn't want to be loved. And so here's the thing is whenever we, whenever we accept Christ and we surrender our life to who He is and we ask Him to come and live within us and, and we put our faith in Him and what He has done on the cross, we, we, here's the thing, He places within us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit produces these things called fruit. And one of them is love. And so, man, if you're searching for love and, man, you keep trying all these different places and you can't find love, you might be looking in the wrong places. Because God will literally, He will bear that fruit in your life. And so who wouldn't want that? So it's not what you give up, it's what you get. So you get love, you get, you, you get joy. Man, you know, I, I was telling a lady, I, I'm leaving this, this coming week going to uh, Africa for 10 days to, to train and teach some pastors that I'm excited about. And we'll talk a little bit about, more about that later, but I was getting shots and immunizations. and Anyway, I was telling this lady about the trip and you know what they have there and what they don't have in Africa. And I said, you know, I said, have you ever been outside of America? And she goes, she goes, no, I, I never have. I said, you know, you ought to go to a, you ought to go on a mission trip sometime. She goes, my church doesn't do a whole lot of mission trips. I said, we well, need to go one that does, you know. And I said, here's the thing. I said, whenever you go into a third world country or something like that, you think you're going to help them, but what they do is they bless you. And I, I remember going to to Mexico for the very first time. You know, we got down there and we were building houses that were about the size of some of y'all's shops. And it would probably be, even be a small garage, I mean, a, not even a garage, but a small shop is what it would be, or, or a storage building. And so we were building these down in, in Reynosa, Mexico, right across from McAllen, Texas. And we would go over and we would build these. And, and here's the thing, there's going to be five families living in those houses. One storage building. There were going to be five families living in, in that house. And so... You know, the one thing that we noticed is that the more that we walked around, the more that we saw people, they didn't have anything but joy. They had more joy than most Americans. They, they, they walked around with these huge smiles on their faces, and they had so much joy, and there was so much laughter. And I can remember, you know, I can remember walking away from that going, you know, we got people that have everything, and they don't have joy. We have people that have stuff that they have storage buildings to store their stuff in, and they have no joy. And, and so to... To, to have that mentality, hey, man, if I give my life to Christ, I'm going to have to give up something. No, it's what you get. And so if we can have that mentality that, you know, you know God, I'm, I'm not afraid of, of losing out. God, I'm afraid of what I might not be able to experience that you have for me. What, what if we live with that mentality 
God, I'm afraid of missing out on what you have for me, if anything. And so here's another thing. We're afraid to establish accountability. We're afraid of what it might cost us, commitment. You know, it might cost me something. You know, following Jesus, you know, I may have to give something up that might keep us. We're afraid of that. But maybe it's the fear of accountability. I mean, the reason we don't, you know, we won't uh, commit to, hey, I'll meet you at the gym, is because they'll hold us accountable, right? And then they'll dog us out. So you just say, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not working out right now. You know, I'm, I am a shape, so I'm not really worried about getting in shape. You know, so I'm good. And so that may be our mentality. But the thing is, is what we ought to do is say, hey, listen, you know, I need accountability. And let me just say this. Everybody in this room needs accountability. Every one of us. We all need accountability. I mean, Jesus had 12 guys around him all the time. He modeled accountability. Just talking with them, you might think, well, Jesus didn't need anybody to hold him accountable. No, but they did. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so here's the thing is we need people in our life. And we need guys that will speak life into us and speak truth into us. And at times even rebuke us. And so we need accountability. And so it's not, again, it's not what you're giving up. It's what you get. You get accountability. And so we're afraid of commitment because if I commit to something, then I've got to what? I've got to do it. I'm afraid to commit to serving because then I might have to show up and and actually do something. You know, and, and so... I'll go ahead and tell you, I took that off here. That was one of my points. I was going to say, we're afraid to, of commitment because we're afraid we might actually have to do something. Isn't that terrible? That, but that's some people's mentality. We live in such a lazy culture this day and time that too often we're busy doing everything we want to do for ourselves. But a lot of times, man, what we do is nothing. We spend a lot of time wa- watching a TV. We spend a lot of time playing video games. We spend a lot of time, you know, you know get on Facebook or whatever. And we don't spend a lot of time being really active doing anything. But the thing is, is if we commit to something, we might actually have to do something. Here's, a, here's a, another one. Afraid we might fail. Didn't we cover that last week? Yeah, we did. Too often we live in failure, in fear, fear of failure. We're afraid that we might fail at something. And so we don't want to commit because what if I commit to it and then I can't follow through? So I just won't commit at all. I want to try at all. You know, I... You know, I, I know I need to do this, but I'd rather not just say, I'd just rather not put myself out there. And so we don't want the accountability. You know, we don't want to have to do anything sometimes, so we just won't commit at all. And so we don't do anything. But the fear of failure, that's what I love about last week. So many people overcame their fear of failing, what people might think, being a people pleaser, and got up and said, you know what, I'm following Christ no matter what. And here's the thing, y'all took note of that. Well, let me just tell you this. If you were to live that same way and say, you know what, I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to live for Him. I'm going to live in a way that honors Him. And I'm going to be committed. Here's the thing. The people around you will take note of that. Your family will see that there's a difference. That, that same mission trip that I was talking about to Mexico, I remember whenever we got back, I had parents come to me. We took a bunch of teenagers down there. And they came back and said, man, I don't know what you guys did on that mission trip. But let me tell you, my kids are like different people. They're making up their bed. They're telling me thank you. They realize how blessed they are. Man, I'm just telling you, it's like a different child. And if you, hey, if you want you your kids to change, take them on a mission trip. But don't send them on one. That's what we want to do. We, hey, I'm going to send my kid on a mission trip. No, no, no. You go with them, and you let God change you as well. And I'm just telling you, whenever you allow God to change you, man, it will change how you see things, and it might even change your commitment. Look at what it says here. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. So commit everything that you do. So that's why, you know, in Scripture it says, work as unto the Lord. So whatever the work you do, whatever your job might be, you commit that to the Lord. Say, God, this is my job. This is the way that I'm providing for my family. So, God, I am committing this to you. 
God, I, I don't work for man. I work for you. So everything that we do, we, we're to work as unto the Lord. And so too often we say, we, we feel like, you know, hey, my boss is riding me. Or the man is, you know, he's pushing me or whatever. No, no, no. You're not working for man. You're working for God. You commit everything that you do. If you're a student, you commit your, 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 your study. You commit your time and study. You commit it to the Lord and say, God, I want to honor you. You know, whatever it might be, you, you commit everything to the Lord. And look at what it says. It says, trust Him and He will help you. This, this next statement says, commitment began with God. We look back, at, in, look back in Scripture and we see that God spoke all things into existence. And He gave you know, the, the earth to man. He said, hey, listen, I want, you to, I want you to manage it. I want you to handle it properly. I want you to oversee it. And so God committed. He said, hey, listen, I'm giving it to you to handle it. And we are to, we are to subdue the earth. We are to, we are to, to lead it and manage it properly. And so God has been committed from the beginning. So God, uh, commitment began with God. It says, but God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You know, and, and so this is important that we go, you know what? God, you're, you're, you've been committed to me even whenever I was broken. Even whenever I was needy, when I was sinful. And so God demonstrated His great love. He was committed to us. Think about this that He would take His only Son and let Him come into this world to go through beatings and scourgings to where His back would be shredded, to be punched in the mouth and the face by a bunch of soldiers who would mock Him, and then to shove a, a crown of thorns down on His head and bow down to Him and call Him a king. Now think about how much we love our kids. We don't want anybody picking on our kids. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I say, hey, listen, you can mess with me, don't mess with my kids, and don't mess with my wife. I mean, I, I become a different person. You know, that's kind of my mentality. All right, well, we think about, all right, here's God saying, hey, listen, I'm going to allow my son to go to the cross for you, for your lies that you tell, for your jealousy and your greed. I'm going to allow my son to go through that. You talking about commitment? You're talking about commitment? This morning in the first service, we have a, we had a bunch of officers, uh, training candidates that were here. And I was thinking about commitment. You know, God is committed to us. And I was thinking about our military families. There's so many represented in our church. That, you know, their, their commitment. You know, we say, well, they signed a four-year commitment. They signed whatever. Here's the thing is they, they've committed more than just a piece of paper. They, they go to the other side of the earth to fight fights and to fight uh, battles so we don't have to fight them here. They fight for our freedoms that we can gather here and worship in truth and in spirit. They, they fight to protect our, our families, our homes, our country. You, you talk about sacrifice? You talk about commitment? And, and I, was, I was thinking, man, how awesome is that? And so, you know, we, we've got military families represented here. Now, why don't we just give them a hand and say, hey, listen, thank you for your, your sacrifice, your commitment. Your commitment. And I'm thinking, what a great model of commitment. And, and then in the first service, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about little baby Caroline that we've been praying for and Michael and Cassie Emmanuel. And uh, I was standing in the back of the service, and I see them. Or actually, Pastor Nate came and told me. He said, "Hey, the Emanuels are here." And baby Caroline has had, had open heart surgery. Has been in, in, in ICU at Children's Hospital for fifty days. Fifty days. And I was thinking about. I mean, you talk about commitment. They come walking in with baby Caroline in a in a in a carrier, and the mom has got an oxygen bottle on her back and a backpack. And, you know, and and I'm thinking. You know, there's people that won't go to church because their hair is messed up. And here they are sitting on the back row back there taking care of their baby, but saying, you know what, we're going to go and we're going to worship as the body of Christ. 
And we're, our family's going to be in church. And some of us will go, you know, I don't have anything to wear today, so I'm not going to church. Or it's raining outside. I think I'm just going to sleep in. And I'm thinking about, you talk about commitment? To get up and take care of that baby? To get up and to get everything together and put a, put a backpack on with an oxygen bottle in it and go sit in a church service because you want to worship with the body across them thinking, talk about commitment? Man, they deserve a hand clap. You ain't kidding. And shame on us. Shame on us if we're not committed like that whenever we realize what all that we have received. We can sing about it, but man, the commitment ought to show up in how we live and what we do and what we say and, and what we do for others. It's not just something we sing about and sing about how great God is, but we live out how great He is through our commitments. Look at this statement here. It says Jesus was committed to do what we couldn't do. See, Jesus was committed to the cross. Jesus was committed to go to the cross to pay for the sins that I couldn't pay for. There's too often we think we can earn our salvation by being good enough. Let me tell you, nobody in this room can be good enough. Nobody qualifies. We have all messed up. Like I said last week, we're all failures. We have fallen short of God's glorious standard. We are in need of a Savior. And Jesus went to the cross because He was perfect. He did not have failure in His life. He did not have sin in His life. But He goes to the cross... He goes through the scourging. He goes through the beating. He goes through the mockery. He goes through everything for you and for me. And so he was committed to the cross. And if you'll remember, the disciples, he said, hey, we're going back to Jerusalem. And they were like, Lord, you can't go back there. They want to kill you there. He said, nothing can hold this back. He said, I've got to go. I've got to do what the Father says to be done. We get to the, the, garden, the garden where he's praying and man, he, he's on his knees, and Jesus himself, who is fully God, but yet fully man, so he understands all that we go through, the feelings that we battle, the anguish that we go through, all this stuff, he is battling it. And he knows, he's fully God, so he knows what he's about to endure. And he's pleading with the Father, and he says, Father, can this cup be passed from me? Is there another way? But not my will, Father, but your will. I am committed to your will, Father. And so he says, hey, listen, it's all about you. It's not about what my flesh desires. And so the guards show up. And the guards show up to arrest Jesus and to take him and to begin this process that will end at the cross. And Peter jumps up and he pulls out a sword and he cuts off, he cuts off guy's ear. The guy's ear hits the ground. And Jesus says, Peter, stop. What are you doing? He says, this is not the way it's going to be. And he takes the guy's ear and he puts it back on the side of the guy's head. And it, can you imagine what the other guys were thinking, other soldiers standing there? But he puts, he puts the ear back on. And he looks at Peter and says, Peter, it's not by the sword this is going to happen. And so Peter's trying to stop this, this road to the cross. But Jesus was committed to the end, to go to the cross, to go through the beatings, the scourgings, the mockery, the spit, to say, you know what? I'm laying down my life. He chose to lay down His life for you and for me, for my sins, that I might be able to have eternal life, that I might be able to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, freedom, salvation. That's what He, that's what he went to the cross for. He was committed to it. Look at what this passage says here out of Hebrews. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, 
We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. What he's saying is, hey, listen, instead of having to have someone else go into the Holy of Holies, he's saying, hey, listen, you can approach the throne of grace. That, you know what? Jesus has made a way. And so by what Jesus did, because of his blood on the cross, by the, the veil being ripped, he says, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a, a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere, sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. That sounds like commitment. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly. That sounds like commitment. Without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. That's commitment. God will keep His promise. Do we keep our commitments to Him? Do we walk a life that is characterized by commitment, by faithfulness? You know, do, do people see in us, you know what, man, we claim to be Christ followers. Christ was committed to the cross. He went there. He was willing to battle through even His own people to follow Christ. I mean, to, to go to the cross. So do we, are we willing to battle through issues, challenges? Here's the thing. Even temptations say, you know what, I want to follow Christ. Because as a Christ follower... We look back and we see that God was committed. That's the Heavenly Father. We see that Jesus the Son was committed. And so do we live a life of commitment? Or is our word not worth anything? Is a handshake not worth anything? Do we, do we honor any of the commitments that we make? Or are we just up and down, tossed to and fro like waves of the sea? The early believers were committed to being the church. Throughout the, the, the New Testament here, we see commitment, commitment, commitment. It says the early believers were committed to being the church. It says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There's devotion right there. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Here's what I love about that. It's not about the building. See, this is, this is a building. It's just a building. You know, and, and you might, and like I said, no, no, this is a church. You know, this is a special place, but it's just a building. It's just a piece of property. And here's the thing. The church, is, it becomes a church when the people occupy it. Too often we grew up thinking, hey, that's a church. No, it's a church building. You and me, all of us who are believers, we're the church. And so if this building gets blown away, and we gather here, the church still meets here. The church is still here. And too often what we do is we equate the church to something else. And we talk about, well, I want to be committed to the church. Don't be committed to the building. Don't be committed to, hey, to the mentality of what, hey, what is the church. But be committed to the body of Christ, to other believers. Be committed to that. And, and so when we look back and we see, you know what, these guys, they were committed to being the church. Not going to a building. They were committed to gathering together. They were committed to, to meeting the needs of others around them. They were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to give. They were willing to sell their possessions so that others had their needs met. Man, that's the church being the church. I, I love this past Sunday night as, as we were able to be a blessing, just to bless people with just a good time, with fun. And for some people, that may be all they have this week, was just to be able to get out and watch kids have fun, watch their kids enjoy themselves in a good, wholesome atmosphere. And so our thing is, you know, man, we want to be the church. We want to be there for one another. We want to have fellowship. We want to be able to, you know, experience the teaching of God's Word. 
So we look forward to those things. And so the early believers, they were committed to being the church. So here's the thing. The church does not end whenever we, hey, hey guys, y'all have a great week and y'all walk out of here. The cool thing is, is you guys are the church and you're going out into the community. You're going into your workplaces. You're going into the mission field. You're leaving here being the church. So represent it well. Represent Christ, your Redeemer, well. Represent well. Be committed to what you claim you believe. Because people are watching you. They're watching to see if it's legit. They're watching to see if you're truly committed. Or if it's only a Sunday morning deal. If it's just something you do when you're around certain people. Are you truly the church? And so here's the thing. The, the, uh, the early church was committed to, uh, to gathering as the church. They were committed to gathering as the church. Too often in this culture that we live in, you know, membership, and I would just even say this, attendance is marginalized. I mean, it's rare to find people that are committed to be at church on a consistent basis. Like I said, you know, I, I see, you know, Michael and Cassie back there going through all they went through to get Caroline here today. And then for some of us, man, all it takes is, man, I'm tired. That game was late last night. I'm sleeping in. It doesn't take much. You know, hey, it's a little cold outside. Man, you know, I, don't, I haven't got everything unpacked for the fall yet. You know, I think I'm going to skip out today. It doesn't take much. But if you're committed, you say, you know what? I've got a responsibility to be there. I, I want to gather with the body of Christ. I want to be able to enjoy the fellowship. I, I want to be a part of what God does. I don't want to miss, anything, miss out on anything. I, I, I talked to people that weren't here last Sunday. You know, when I started telling them about the service, it was almost like they were little sour grapes. Like, oh, really? Yeah, was, was, how, how was it? You know? And I'm like, man, it was awesome. You should have been there is what I wanted to say. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing is you could tell they were, they were kind of bothered that they weren't here for it. And I'm like, that's good. I like it that way. And I hope that many people go, you know what, dude, I want to be there. I want to see what God does again this Sunday. You know, I, I want to be there. I want to be able to worship in truth and in spirit with the body of Christ. I want to be a part of that. But they were committed. Look at what it says. It says they worship together at the temple each day. We only ask you guys to come like once a week. Right? Well, hey, listen, if you can, can you be here? Be committed to be here once a week to worship? Hey, if you have to work, we understand. You know, hey, listen, if, you, if you're going on vacation, we get that. But you know what? Just laying out for any reason. I know we have a lake right up the road. There's a couple of them. I get that. I get that. I do. And I know the beach is only three hours away. And I know everybody has to go and take a picture of their, their toes in the sand. I get that. But, man, whenever you're sacrificing the body of Christ just to satisfy your pleasures and your wants, that doesn't sound like commitment. And so whenever you look at the early church, they were committed to gathering as the church. It says they worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Generosity. Don't you want to be known for being generous? All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And let me just say this. They were enjoying the goodwill of all the people. That means the community as well. So it's not just the believers, but the people around them said, man, those are some awesome people. Those people that gather, that worship together, those people that gather and they serve one another, those people that care about the community, it says that they, man, the, the, all the people was moved and impacted by how they lived. And I'm just telling you, it's the same with us. How we live and how we treat people will have a huge impact on our community. It says, in each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wouldn't it be awesome that instead of just on Sunday, there being 15 people go public, being three or four people get their life, every day of the week, 
as the people of Journey Church go out and go to their workplace, go back to their homes, go back to their neighborhood, wherever they go, that they share the gospel, they present the truth of God's Scripture, and people are putting their faith in Christ. And we get to celebrate on Sunday, hey, what's happened every day of the week. But, I mean, just think about that. That's, that's what you saw, is these people were being the church. These people were sharing the gospel. These people were ministering to people's needs. And they were telling others what they had seen and what they had heard. And they were sharing with others what they had received. And that, that's what the church is. And so the early church was committed to gathering as a church. I, I've said this before. The average member, the average member in a church today attends once or twice a month. Member. I'm not talking about an attender. You know, and that's one reason people don't want to commit to membership. Man, if I commit to membership, the expectations are going to go up. you doggone straight it is. It's supposed to. If you're going to be part of the family, you have some responsibilities. So don't sit back and say, well, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit. Man, a non-committal mentality gets you nowhere. You know, be committed to something. Be committed to something. Jesus said, amen. Hey, either be committed to the world or either be committed to me. One or the other. This in-between is a distraction to everybody. In Revelation 3, 15 and 16, he says, man, you make me want to puke. You're lukewarm. So choose something. Commit to either the world or commit to me, but choose something so that people can see that, you know what? Here's light. Here's life. Here's darkness. Here's death. So let them see the truth. And so he calls us to that. He said, hey, listen, be one or the other. Church membership has its privileges. It has its privileges. You know, we, we, we talk about gathering together as the body of Christ. Even like this coming first Wednesday. You know, if you'll look back, they were committed to communion. They were committed to the to Lord's Supper, if you will. And so we do that. We're committed to that. We do that the first First uh, Wednesday of every month, we do it in some services. On Christmas Eve, we'll do it this year in two services. Last year, we had so many people that we can't do it in one service this year, so we'll do it in two services on Christmas Eve. But we do communion on a regular basis. But you know what? There's only a fraction of the people that come on Sunday morning ever make it to First Wednesday, where we do communion. And so we try to make that a place where it's, it's, hey, you know, hey, that's where we're going to do it. And so I want to challenge you. Make the commitment to be here for First Wednesday. And worship with us as, a, as the body of Christ and celebrate communion. So some of the privileges of membership, listen to this. It says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So part of the, part of the privileges of being a member is, number one, you get encouragement. You get motivation. You get challenge. And, and so here's the thing is you get to be a part of something. There's a lot of privileges with being a member. You know, that's the reason you know, people want to say, hey, I'm a member of the country club or whatever. Hey, there's certain privileges that go with that. But I would just say this. Here you get to be a part of a team that serves. You get to be a part of a, a team that is making a difference. You get to be a part of something that has eternal return on it. You get to be a part of something that, you know what, that lives are changed forever. Souls are saved that people's names are written in the Lamb's book of life, you know, and their, their eternity is changed forever. You get to be a part of that. And Tony said it last week at the end. He said, man, every time that you guys give, you are a part of those decisions that are made. You're a part of Fallapalooza. You're a part of those things. Whenever you make that investment, you're investing in something that has eternal return on it. How awesome is that? So not only do you get the encouragement, 
You've got people around you that spur you on, that pray over you. This morning I had a couple people come up to me and say, hey, they were telling me about decisions they were making and they were having to deal with. And I got to pray over them and put an arm around them. And if you're not a part of the body, you know, and you're not in a life group, you don't always have those. And, and so you might say, well, Mike, I'm an attender. But here's the thing is, in here was, hey, how you doing? Glad you're here. Man, hey, nice to meet you. We might catch a name. But in a life group, you get to know that person by name. You get to know their kids by name. You get to know some of the challenges that they're dealing with. And you get to pray with one another. You get to encourage one another. And in here, it's like, hey, man, good to see you. Glad, hey, sitting in the same spot. That's awesome. You know, that's about all you can get in here sometimes from one another. And so there's privileges with that. So let me share some of the things that we are committed to as a church. Today, after this service, we have our Connect class, which is really our membership class. And we want you to connect with the body of Christ here through the local expression called Journey Church. And so we've got about 30-something people signed up. It's going to be in the square right after this service. So we want you to be a part of it, but we want you to understand one of the reasons we require that class is we, we want you to know what we believe. We want you to know what we're committed to. I don't want you coming in thinking, hey, we're going to be like your last church. We may not be. And I often tell people, hey, listen, I'm sorry, but we're not your last church. This is Journey Church. This is what God has called us to do. And we're not trying to be braggadocious about that. We're just saying, hey, this is who we are. This is why we do what we do. This is where we're going. And so let me share a couple of these things with you just so you know on the front end. Here at Journey Church, we are committed to the teaching of God's Word. We are committed to the teaching of God's Word. There will be things that are out there that are popular. We don't really care. There are things out there that are probably politically incorrect or whatever. We don't care anything about being politically correct. We want to be biblically correct. We want to be accurate to what God's Word teaches. We, want God, we believe that God's Word does not return void. We believe it always goes out and accomplishes its task because that's what the Bible says. So we will teach God's Word, and we will, try to, we will try to do it in a way that is applicable, where you go, you know what, I get it, I understand it, and I want to live that out. So we are committed to the teaching of God's Word, and unapologetically. You know, whether it's politically correct or whether it's, you know, in our culture it seems to be correct, we are lined up with God's Word. It's the first place we go if there's a question. We're committed to the Great Commission, to missions. We're committed to that. You know, so we, we, we want to be a church that is about the Great Commission. Jesus commanded us, He commissioned us to be on the go, to go and make disciples, to go and reach the lost, to go and baptize them in the name of Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He, he has told us to do that. So we want to be about that business. This coming week, I have an opportunity to go to South Africa to teach with a bunch of other pastors, 107, last count, leaders and pastors from all over, from seven different countries in South Africa that we will have the opportunity to pour into just to try to teach and share what we have learned. And all we are is beggars who have found food, and we're telling them some things. For some of them, this may be the only training they ever get. And so we as a church are committed to those things. We invest in church plants in Montana and other parts of the nation. You know, we invest in those. We support ministries. We, we support Otago Interfaith, which is a uh, place where you can get food, Welcome Center in Elmore County. We invest in those things. Why? Because we believe that, you know what, the gospel is shared through those things. You meet someone's needs, they're open to the gospel. And so we support missions all over the world through Gospel for Asia, which is churches and pastors and planners all over the, 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 the continent of Asia that are sharing the gospel and seeing people come to know Christ. We believe in that. We invest in that. And, and so one of the things we have coming up is the Big Give. You just heard about it. Our Big Give offering, we do that once a year. And, and last year we took up over $50,000 that went towards missions. And, man, we love being able to invest in the Great Commission. And I, so I want to ask you to make a commitment right now that you begin to pray about what God would have you give as a gift 
a sacrificial gift above the tithe. You don't give a tithe. None of us give a tithe. We return God's tithe. It's His. I don't give a tithe. I return God's tithe. I give is anything above that. And so I want to challenge you, and I want to, I want to ask you to be praying. Hey, what, what could I give? What could I sell? Maybe we do a yard sale. You know, maybe we, we like one family committed to say, you know what, we're not going to eat out until the, the big give. And so everything that they would have eaten out, the money they would have spent on that eating out, went towards the big give. And so I want everybody to be praying. Hey, man, what is the commitment that I can make? So that, you know what, I back up what I say and that I believe in missions. And I want to invest in missions. Fall of Palooza was local missions. You know, you guys going to your workplace, that's local missions. And so we invest in those things. We believe in those things. We believe there's somebody that came to Fall of Palooza that whenever their, their marriage is falling apart and things are going on, they're going to say, you know what, I want to go to that church that blessed us. Or maybe they're here today. Man, I hope you're here today because of Fall of Palooza. But we believe in missions. We're committed to that. We are committed to the, to the fellowship of believers. That's what we believe is community, life groups. We want you in a life group. We talk about it. We push it. it does every, we do everything we can to get you there. We put food on a table. We, we tell you all kinds of things, you know, that's going to be there. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to commit to it. You know, you know, that's another day of the week. That's another night or whatever, you know, and I've got too much going on. So we don't want to commit to it. But I'm just telling you, we are committed to, to, uh, to fellowship. Uh, we want people to get together. That's part of what the other night was. But, hey, getting in that life group, you, you, you develop community. And then here's another. We are committed to prayer. This morning, we gathered at 7 o'clock in the square. And we, we do that every Sunday morning. And we pray for these services. We pray for you guys. We pray for God to, to bless you. Some of your prayer requests are prayed over in there. Our staff prays over them every Tuesday morning. We are committed to prayer. We want to be a people of prayer. We want to be a church of prayer. And if you have the gift of being an uh, intercessory prayer warrior, man, get on board. Step up. You know, we need you. And so here's another. We are committed to sharing in communion. We talked about that. That's every first Wednesday. We share in communion. We share in the Lord's Supper. And, and we want you to be committed to that. We want you to be a part of that. It's a great time of letting God search our heart and seeing, hey, is there something that we need to confess? Some, a time for cleanup or maybe just a good time for checkup. And then look at this next passage here. I solemnly, this is Paul challenging Timothy. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is, is, is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. And they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. That sounds like our culture. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, this is Paul about to die. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. That's commitment. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but it's for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Paul is saying, man, I have fought a good fight. I have done my very best. I have been committed. And he said, man, and Jesus is going to give me the crown of righteousness. How awesome for us to know that we have lived our life with commitment with honor, with character, with integrity, 
And to be able to say that when we get to the end of our life, you know, God, thank you for giving me what was needed, giving me the strength, giving me the conviction. And God, thank you that you trusted me, that you believed in me, that you were willing to use me for your purposes. We have only been given a certain amount of days to walk this earth, so many breaths to breathe. And will we use them for His kingdom? Are we committed to the kingdom of God? Are we committed to to Christ? Are we committed to follow Him? Are we committed to His teaching? Are we committed to His church? Are we committed? Because He's calling us to be committed. And we're not to be in fear of commitment, but to embrace commitment, like Paul did. We We don't... struggle with you know embracing commitment man we we embrace it and we say i am committed i am committed to the cause of christ i am committed to my redeemer and if nobody follows me that's okay man i'm following christ and so the world is looking the world is searching for believers who truly live out their faith and don't just come and show up on a sunday morning and kind of sing a few songs but they're committed with a lifestyle that is a mission lifestyle, that is a worship lifestyle, that is a committed life unto Christ. The world is watching you. They're watching me. And they're watching to see if we're just a bunch of talk, just a bunch of preaching, just a bunch of singing. Or are we really the hands and feet of Christ? Next steps. Some of these might be the right steps for you. It says, I will begin today to pray and set aside what God has put on my heart to give above His tithe for the, give, for the big give offering for missions because you're committed to missions. You believe in the Great Commission. You believe that there are lost who need to hear the gospel. I choose today to commit my life to Jesus Christ for salvation. Maybe you're one of those that have walked through the door that we've been praying for, that you've heard the gospel today, and you believe, you know what? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I believe that Jesus can save me. And so maybe for you today, it is the choice to say, I surrender. I commit my life to you, Christ. I'm asking you to save me and forgive me. And if that is your prayer, man, that's the most important step you could ever take. Or maybe it's this next one. I choose today to commit to the local church. Maybe it's time to just stop attending and become part of the church. To commit. To step up. There's a card I put in everybody's seat today. It talks about, I'm ready to step up. And maybe for you, you say, you know what, man, I'm not serving anywhere. I'm a member here. Maybe it's time to step up. You start serving somewhere. Or maybe you're not tithing. You're not returning God's tithe. Maybe it's time to step up. And you begin to return God's tithe and say, God, I don't want to rob from you. God, I want to, I want to be a blessing. So God, I want to return your tithe. Maybe you say, you know what, I want to give. I don't want to just return God's tithe. I want to give. I want to be a part of this. And so maybe you begin to step up. And look at the next one. I will attend the Connect class today and take the needed steps towards being a faithful, committed member of Journey Church. Let me just say this. We asked this question this past week in our, in our staff meeting. Or maybe it was last week, but we had it in the last couple of staff meetings. We have a Connect class where it's connecting to the church. People go through it. They hear who we are, what we're about. We're asking them, first of all, you can't become a part of the church until you give your life to Christ. Joining the church, if you join the church and you haven't given your life to Christ, all you're doing is sign a piece of paper. Doesn't mean a whole lot. But when you give your life to Christ, you become a part of the body of Christ. And so here's the thing is, we want people to understand that, but we talk about, hey, can we count on you? Can we count on you to be committed, to show up, 
you know, to be here to serve, to make a difference. So here's the thing we say, hey, listen, next, next Sunday we have the, the connect, we have connect, grow. We have the grow, grow class, which is kind of helping people to grow and, and to mature in their faith. You know what? Sometimes we'll have a drop-off as much as 50% from the first class, and most of them join the church that don't even make it to the second class. And then we say, hey, there's a third class. It's the following Sunday. It's called Serve. And we want you to discover what your spiritual gifts are because we want you to use those gifts and we want you to make a difference in the body of Christ. We've got a children's ministry that's growing. We've got a church that's growing. And as the church grows, that children's ministry grows. And there's a need over in that area for teachers. We're needing to add another Route 56 during uh, our, our first service. And we need teachers, but we need people that are committed, that are willing to go through background checks and, and make sure that they're the right people in the right place for that ministry to, to flourish. But some of you may be sitting on your hands, and God, you know, and God just put it on my heart this morning. He said, some of the people you need are right in front of you. They're not, they're not on the way here. They're here. They just got to step up. And so maybe today you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit, not just go through the first class, I'm going to go through the second class, and I'm going to go through the third class because I'm committed. And so, like I said, we see it on a regular basis. There's this attrition rate that we'll start with 30 people. We may end up with 10 in the third class. That's ridiculous. If it's something we believe in and we're committed to, then we ought to be all in. That's a challenge. So let me ask you this. Are you committed? Are you known as someone who is committed? Is your reputation as someone that people can count on? That you're a person of integrity, character, truthfulness, as Paul said, righteousness. Are you known as a godly man or a godly woman? Are you committed? Let's pray. Maybe you're here today. You've never put your faith in Christ. You've never been saved. You've never committed your life to Christ. Maybe that's your need. I want to give you an opportunity to commit your life to Christ, to give your life to Christ, to surrender your life to Christ. It's a simple step, but man, it's a profound change. And so maybe that's you. You say, Mike, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to be redeemed. And if that's you, I want to walk you through a simple prayer. It's a, it's a prayer that you pray. It's a prayer that is of your heart. But you say, Jesus, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I have messed up. I have failed. I have fallen short of your standard. I agree with your scripture when it says that. And I acknowledge that. And so that's what confession is. You're agreeing with God on something. But here's the second step. You say, God, I want to repent. I want to quit living that way. And I want to turn to you. Repentance leads to forgiveness. And so, Jesus, I, I confess that I'm a, I'm a sinner. I want to quit living that way. That's repentance. I want to turn to you. Jesus, will you help me? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you forgive me? His answer is yes. And so if that's you, I want to walk you through a prayer. It's a simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. I believe that you went to the cross and you died for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you can forgive me. And I've asked you to. Jesus, I believe that you want to change me. And so I surrender to you. I want to turn and go a different direction. That's repentance. And so, Jesus, with all the faith that I have, with all the faith that I have right now, Jesus, I put my faith in you for salvation. Come into my heart. Live within me. Live through me. I commit my life to you. If that's your prayer, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Mike, I made that decision today. I just committed my life to Christ. I see your hand back there. 
Anybody else? Raise your hand. I see your hands here. Anybody else? I see your hand over here. Let me tell you, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. Most important decision you'll ever make. Anybody else? Raise your hand. You said, Mike, I just committed my life to Christ. I see your hand. Let me tell you, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. I want to encourage you to take the next step. Don't let this... Don't th- hey, this is not... The end. You, just, you just started the, the race. You started the walk with Christ. If you just gave your life to Christ, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You are His child. You're invited into His family. You are adopted into His family. You're part of the church. You're part of the church. And so here's the thing. The next step is to follow Him in believer's baptism. To follow Him in believer's baptism. And so we... If you, if you made that decision, you raise your hand. Don't walk out of here and say, I don't want anybody to know. No, no, you just let me know. You just let me know. All of heaven knows. They're rejoicing is what the Bible says. So if you, if you made that decision, we, we want you to indicate that on the card. And if you've got the courage to do it today, because it's going to take courage, I want you to walk back to the VIP room and let someone know, I gave my life to Christ. I committed my life to Christ today. I need to take the next step and follow Christ in believer's baptism. Have the courage to do that. Here's the thing. If you're going to be committed, let it start right now. Start walking back there and say, you know what? I'm committed. Now, that's four or five people in this room that have made that decision. They're saying, hey, you know what? I'm coming back there. And so if you guys are back in the VIP room, if anybody comes back there right now, there's somebody walking back there, they want to talk to you about their decision. Hey, listen, church, there's people that are watching that want to know if our faith is real. Are you committed? Are you a member of the church? If not, then why not join today? Listen, hey, if, if, you're, if you claim to be a believer, the men start living out your faith that works in such a way that people see it and they want a relationship with Christ because of you being Jesus with skin on in that workplace. God is calling us to commitment, to stand firm, to step up, to make a difference. Thank God that He's saving souls. Man, there, there's people going back there to the VIP room right now. If you made a decision today to commit your life to Christ... I want to encourage you, go ahead and go on back there. There's people going back there right now. Don't, don't be left behind. Father, I thank you for your love for us. God, I thank you for these that have placed their faith in you, that have committed their life to you. God, that want to follow you in believer's baptism. God, I thank you for the courage that it took to get up out of that chair and walk back there. God, I thank you that they are committed, even on the go, God, they are committed. God, help us as a church to be committed to the Great Commission, to the teaching of your Word, to the fellowship. God, to prayer, to communion. God, that we would be committed and that the people around us would see our commitment to you. God, we give you all praise, all glory. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our fellowship. And God, we pray that you continue to change us. God, continue to just work on us as a church so that we can go out and serve our community. In Jesus' name, amen.